Today on the Geek Out Podcast, Canucks drop 5-2 decision to Tampa Bay at home, snapping a streak in which they had recorded points in six straight games. This is not my prep sheet. This right? is between the Why stammers. Between the stammers prep sheet doing in here. <laughs> I thought it was really good. I was getting really excited. <laughs> Today on the Geek Out Podcast, Calgary gets its own cryptocurrency. We get our first look at Will Smith as the genie from Aladdin. Star Trek Discovery's coming back January 17th, and now we have a trailer. And who would you place your bets on to win the Game of Thrones, where you either win or you die? Oh, well done. Thank you. <laughs> Let's geek out. Sometimes you know it's good to be a geek. The podcast. I think this is our last geek out of the year. I'm kind of sad. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Episode 12. We record this on Thursday, December 20th at 12, 18 p.m. I hate eating food with my stupid family. I'd way rather be in a small room with you three chaps that really okay yeah fair enough that's okay uh i'm webmeister <laughs> bud i host bud's weekly geek out uh, on the zone at 91.3 with dylan and jason weekdays at 7:20, and uh this podcast expounds upon that it's sort of that's sort of the jumping off point is what i talk about each week and then we talk about a whole mess of other cooler and geekier things than than calgary dollars which i'll be talking about today uh brian uh, my name is DJ Boitano. Uh, you can hear me every weekday afternoon at 5 o'clock in the Zone's mixtape. Otherwise, talking about geeky things in this podcast. Paulie. Mm. My name is Paul Blasino, uh, afternoon co-host of the Afternoon Zone on the Zone 91.3, the PJ Party Podcast, and Wealthy Philanthropist. <laughs> wealthy philanthropist. I keep forgetting about these random facts that I'm supposed to bring, but maybe it's just going to be you forever, so mm-hmm. that's fine. Art! Uh, yes, uh, my name is Art Aronson. I'm a reporter on the Q and the Zone radio station. I also enjoy talking about geeky things on this podcast, overeating turkey with my family. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> this week on Bud's Weekly Geek Out, I talked about Calgary dollars, which is a cryptocurrency that the city of Calgary has has sort of created out of an existing paper currency, Calgary dollars. Very clever naming convention. Um, and these are dollars that you only spend at Calgarian businesses. Oh. And, and if you spend them within a certain, a particular business park, then not only can you spend them, but you get like 10% back in Calgary dollars. And it's an interesting concept. And there have been niche cryptocurrencies like this that have come and gone before. But <laughs> the whole point of cryptocurrency... Dylan Willows brought this up and kind of blew my mind that I hadn't even thought about this going in. It's decentralized. It is not supposed to be attached to any one bank or government or place like Calgary. And yet they're somehow pulling it off. And I really, I don't even have an answer for it. It's just, it's just an interesting thing that people are voluntarily agreeing to use and accept just at these places. Although I guess by virtue of cryptocurrency, people could use and accept it anywhere they wanted to, if they wanted I feel like this is not really true cryptocurrency if that's the case. That's this what I'm saying. Yeah, exactly. Simply is like their version of uh, whether it's Canadian Tire dollars. That's or, what I was gonna say. It's kind of like Canadian Tire money. You know, itchy and scratchy land fun bucks, whatever it is. And they're just so now you're just doing the thing where it's like, you know, like we all pretty much do. Money doesn't really exist. It's just numbers on a bank spreadsheet. Sure. Right. So it's it's all internetified. That so. They're just calling it cryptocurrency, but it's the same exact thing they were doing before. They're just cashing in, pardon the pun, on that little fatty name, cryptocurrency, just because it's 
in the ether in the way that our credit cards kind of are. Yeah, it's just a novelty thing, you know. Totally. Sounds like fun coupons. That's what it sounds like. (laughs) Yeah. When you were talking about too in the in the geek out this week that they this is not really a new thing for them. They used to have like plastic money. Yeah, the plastic currency in in the like one, ten, twenty five, fifty, like those have been around since nineteen ninety five. So this just seems to be the next logical step to it. And so basically it's electronic currency that they're trying to make cryptocurrency, but it kind of breaks one of the core tenets of cryptocurrency. So, mm. yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's neat. Good for them. They get, they get some headlines. I'm just not sure how it would work long term. So, can I just say, Please shut do. up, Calgary. <laughs> <laughs> this is dumb. Your whole Calgary land fun bucks thing is baloney. Okay. <laughs> Better cities than you would have done it if it makes sense. But this is such a novelty nonsense. Shut up. You know, you have these tourism sectors or tourism part of parts of government in like the city of Victoria and the city of Calgary. And they try to come up with these like cute things. It's not that cute. Usually I I would like commend creativity. But in this, I'm just like. Dumb. Yeah. Pipe yeah. it down. Kind of reminds me of The Office, like Shroot Bucks. Yes. Oh, yeah. yes, of course. All kinds of examples of dumb, fun money. <laughs> By the way, I hate Canadian tire money as well. Hate it. Oh, thanks for a piece of paper that's worth a fraction of a cent. Yeah, what am I, I supposed to do this. with this? Start a so fire? Get right? the <laughs> Right? You so can get an app. Get though. the app, yeah. Like I have the... I'm, I'm not just... cluttering my phone up with an app. And while I'm at it, hey, 7-Eleven, I don't want an app because I buy a taquito when I'm drunk either. Okay, so then let me show you this. Free big gulp. This oh. is called Stow Card, and it's for storing your cards on your phone. Mm-hmm. And so I have all these little things, and I can just bring up, look, this is my Lego membership card. Mm-hmm. And I got to back out, and then uh, oh, there's, my, there's my Bosley's card. And yeah, so it's a single app, and you just punch the numbers in, and then you bring up the um, the, the the UPC, the barcode. Like when I go to shop shoppers, I get this PC off, and I just put it over the yeah. the scanner. Goes boop. So it's one app, one thing. Um, because yeah, I believe it's a really hard ask to get someone to install an app for your business. Yeah. You know, I think that's that's a tough one. Wow, bud. What? There's a reason why you are the host of this podcast. <laughs> mm. Apple has that same thing, too. It's called Apple Wallet. Yes, it came out later, Brian, but it is prettier and nicer and funner to use. I love how now you're just kind of hitting it off at the pat, like, Preemptive- cutting me off. He's That's preemptively right. defensive. Right. I love it. <laughs> I'm going to do one thing before we move on to our first topic. Um, I'm going to, for the first time ever, preview my next geek out topic because oh. Brian sent it to me and um, Sylvain from 14 Oranges, the guys who used to make our app, they, he sent it to me and um, uh, someone else sent it to me. Uh, is, is this um, a glitter bomb trap for people who steal packages off doorsteps? Yeah. Going to be amazing. Also going to be completely out of date because it happened. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about it in January because the geek outs are done for this year and I heard it after the geek outs. But, but um, wasn't that the most satisfying video? The most satisfying video. Yeah. yeah. I will I will only say one more thing and that is fart spray. Okay. <laughs> I will say one thing. Justice porn. Yes. <laughs> that's that, what I call That's it. a great, you know what? That's a good way to put <laughs> it. Whenever you see like videos of people stealing something that then they get theirs in yeah. the end yeah, yeah. and stuff, that's called justice porn. Brian, we could just go down to like City Hall and watch people be sentenced all day if this is what you're horny for. <laughs> <laughs> It's better to watch it in a compilation with hidden cameras, <laughs> exactly. I think. Yeah, yeah. That's what the internet's for, Paul. Because <laughs> we'd all be going to like strip clubs and peep shows all the time. Justice. Well, we don't all do that? Let's maybe move on, shall we? Right. Yeah. 
January 17th, we get the new, uh, the, we get the season two for Star Trek Discovery. Who's been watching Star Trek Discovery? Paul, I think, uh, and me? Yep. Okay. Yeah, so when guys. I put my hand up, I'm asking for other people just, to put their hand Just, okay, the, two so of just us? the two of us? Okay. Just the two? Okay. And I just, because people can't hear us putting our hands up. Unless I suppose. I made a, a noise like this. Whoosh. That's my hand going up. Let us uh, <laughs> mark that as canon. That will be the hand going up noise. Okay. Um, I liked Star Trek Discovery Season 1. Polly, did you? Yeah, I thought it was good. And are you... Whoa, water all over the control room. Well done, buddy. Sorry. Making a tea. So you have a cup of tea on the control room board, which you're not supposed to anyways. And then you had had a plate over top of it. This is to keep the, the heat in, I suppose. To steep yes, it. To steep it. To steep it, yeah. And then you steep. took the plate oh, off, oh, and oh all God. the condensation it's okay. it's ever paper. It's, it's paper. It's fell off the plate. And, oh, man, your prep sheet is completely soaked. Soaked the paper. And so is another. And this it's was fine. seam, man. The water could flow right through there. And No, no, that's all water. There's a power bar right here all the time. How has tea derailed this podcast? Do you want me to go and get a paper towel? T has derailed this podcast. Uh, T has totally derailed paper this paper podcast. Paper no, Paul has derailed this podcast. Okay. Surprise, surprise. All right, so Paul is the only other person who's watched Star Trek Discovery. What did you think of the first season? Oh, wait, he went to get a paper towel to mop up his tea. Jesus. Oh, my God. Do you, uh, Brian, I heard it's really good. Yeah, That's do you guys heard. have yeah. any interest in, in I, I suppose, well, I have like questions one about more show? It. Yeah. I have questions about it. I mean, I... I'm not a guy who has watched all the old Star Treks or anything like that. I'm not a Trekkie, yeah, fair enough to speak. Although, or, or a Trekker. Trekker. Yeah. I right. love the new movies, though. I've watched all the new Star Trek movies. Awesome. And is it in that same kind of vein, like an action show? Well, uh, can I speak to that a little bit? Please do, please do, yeah. Because I'm having trouble formulating the, the ratio. Yeah, I feel like, you know, it was really neat. The history of Star Trek to me is fascinating in that you had this absolutely garbage show that came out in the 60s which i love so much by the way start with that, that classic 60s star trek i'm over the last like four or five years i've been slowly getting through it um i love it so much it's so bad you've been taking four or five years to get through two seasons of television two and a half and, um yeah because like i always fall asleep because it's slow it's like it plods along. Most episodes are the exact same thing. It's like, um, oh no, a robot or alien. Uh, we need to trick it into destroying itself. And so we say it to tell it itself a lie, and then it can't fathom that, so then it explodes. This is a great pitch. The exact same thing in most of those episodes. That's all it is. Uh, the other episodes are Captain Kirk punches. Um, that's it. Or kisses. Or kisses or punches. That's right. That's right. Um, so, but I love it so much. I love the uh, Star Trek vision of the future of this utopia by capital that, um, you know, technology has advanced to a place where the sole meaning of human life now is to explore the universe and better ourselves as a people. It's like, okay, during like the election, the 2016 election, I was watching a lot of it and it was such a bummer all the time. We were watching in the news to watch this demagogue, you know, gain traction and then win. It was completely bumming me out. So at the end of the night, I would put on Star Trek, the classic bright colors, push buttons on the consoles, you know, but this beautiful utopian vision of the future, and it would make me feel better so I could get some sleep at night. So I love especially classic Star Trek. So that failed because it was a garbage show, <laughs> but then found a fun audience, people just, you know, appreciating it for what it was, um, kind of reading into what the potential was that couldn't really be realized with a budget as limited as it was back in the 1960s. So then... 
you know, all the way future in the 90s, it gets kind of the budget that it kind of needs or close to. You get a whole new thing with Next Generation. A whole new uh, generation of fans gets born, and that's really neat and everything. But because it still was a TV show, you know, it still had to be kind of like diplomatic and it was a lot of talking and not a ton of action. And that was fine. That's what Next Generation was built for. And it was built really well. So then... It was like you do a couple of action movies, and people really liked those. People liked, you know, Wrath of Khan. You know, those were like great action space submarine movies. They were so fun. Um, but still kind of limited by budget. The Next Generation movies are junk because they're trying to make action heroes out of, you know, chatty people. <laughs> finally, finally, J.J. Abrams gets his hand on it, who probably is like me and like a lot of us, you know, grew up watching these old movies with these and the old TV show with these really neat cool characters Captain Kirk who's you know cocksure and uh, is like flies by the seat of his pants and although is committed to the rules and the structure of Starfleet also you know like loves to do go out on his own and take chances and punch and kiss right and then you have Spock who's a really interesting character as well as a sci-fi model is like completely logical and everything so he's taken those characters and he gave them a big budget and it was so fun. As, our, as you say, those movies are so much fun to watch. I love them all. They're yeah. incredible. They are maybe the best thing that exists in Star Trek. The right budget for the right characters. It's awesome. And so I feel like what Discovery is trying to do with that is realize that the somewhat limitations of the technology of that timeline you know, of the future um, makes for good drama because, like, in Next Generation, you just, you know, bud, you know, the te- Trekno Babble, they would blast a phase all beam, the time, right? Yeah. And that would do inertial you know, would, dampers. Uh, yes, exactly. Yeah, thank you. And that would just f- solve everything. So, with this one, they're a little bit more technologically constrained. So, they have to solve things in more interesting ways. There's more space for drama, there's more space for like action. So, Discovery, I think, is a great show. And it's set in that original series timeline, which we've found to be a very, very interesting and action packed timeline. There's a war going on with the Klingons, you know, the greatest sci fi um, species of villains that exist, pretty much. So, there's a lot of cool stuff in Discovery. I yeah, like it a lot. Because this trailer looks exactly. Like what we've seen on TV, just on TV, or what we've seen in the movies, yeah, major motion pictures here, uh, just for TV. So the producers, I like that. the producers themselves have have stated that the 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 pacing of Discovery is like a bullet. It is it is action packed and crazy, sort of all the way through. It is a lot less, you know, your contemplative talking logical you know sort of thing as you would get in the previous uh, iterations and however they've managed to pull it off great you know also solid cast and some good twists um so i've i've enjoyed it thoroughly and i'm looking forward to season two all right uh art i'm gonna ask you never to ask paul a question again i think that took six minutes the uh but that trailer has done me a concern you guys oh do tell well i don't know like a lot of it seems wild to me number one this evil villain wants to destroy all sentient life. Which in a prequel you can't even bring up. Right? You can't even. Yeah. There's just no threat. You can threaten characters. You cannot threaten existence or, you know, humanity or the world or because anything like that. Because you really didn't, you're, you know what's going to happen. You know how it turns out. Yeah. yeah. Um, the whole thing of like destroying the world, that trope has been done to death so badly. Yeah. And that's why what the interesting thing with the Avengers was is that like Thanos was there and he wanted to destroy 
half of the universe. Yeah, brilliant. And that kind of was like, oh, neat. That's a lot of people, but it's still only half, right? Like, it was such a unique way to do it that any of that, like, we want to kill everyone now thing is bogus. So that did me a concern. There's a lot of Spock in it, which I feel like, as much as I love those characters, you can't lean on those characters for this show, which is supposed to be telling a new story with new characters. Mm. Should be interesting, definitely, yeah. He is a crutch, you know, him and... um Crap, who is James Frain's character? Um, Pike. Pike. No, no, that's uh, Anson Mount. Oh. Um, James Frain was a Vulcan. Um, oh, his the dad. Vulcan that's tied. Yeah, okay, right. right. So that lineage Sarek, yeah. seems to be, Sarek, thank you, seems to be quite heavily leaned upon. And yeah, you're right. Like, how, how much can this one family uphold the entirety of the Federation? We'll have to see. Were we going to talk about Into the Spider-Verse? I forgot to mention that. Yes, we totally should, because... Three-fourths of this room went and saw that movie this week, and once again, I haven't seen it. Um, please. If Spider-Verse. We didn't we invite you, though, I know, yeah. No, I know you totally did. Yeah, no, I had a Christmas concert and then and then kid time. I'm, I'm I can talk about this without spoiling it, I think. Yeah, I'm the same. Yeah, yeah me too. Uh, I just want to go ahead and say that I thought this movie was a masterpiece. Like, wow. I thought, like, it did everything right. It was politically correct as well, and it was still very good. I thought the music was great as like the music every time they brought up a new track i was like all right i'm into this you know uh i loved uh how it stayed true to being a spider-man film as well it gave you everything that you wanted in Mm spider-man you know you have to have a little bit of tragedy there you have to have Mm -hmm. uh how he's drought downtrodden uh difficult relationships with miles morales i didn't know anything about miles morales going into this at all um but I like his character. I was ready to be, uh, you know, on his side. Whereas most people think of Spider-Man, they think of Peter Parker, right? So that, for me, that was a little bit going into the movie. I was like, ah, who's Miles Morales? Uh, I'm here to see a Spider-Man movie. But I really loved how they brought uh, his character up. And it's cool that he's this like inner city black kid who like can strive to be something. I think it was like really good for you know, a lot of the young population that are going to be watching this movie to strive. A great coming-of-age story. That's what I really liked about it, too. And I think the whole thing that Stan Lee went into Spider-Man with is that behind the mask, it could be anybody. Yes. Anybody could be that, you know, cool and that heroic. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, so I love that. I think it, I'm glad it really carries on here. And Stan Lee has a great cameo in this film as well. Nice. Mm-hmm. He does. I'm a little bit familiar with the Miles Morales story because it was just, I was very curious to see when Miles Morales was introduced into the comics just to see what that story would be and I loved what that story was and I, like I don't know if you noticed like the certain things that they're you know they're trying to kind of showcase that this is that universe right that there because there's different iterations of Spider-Man so this technically wasn't now I'm gonna get very geeky here but this technically wasn't like Earth 616 which is what we're used to, you know, okay. seeing that's sort of the mainstream universe of uh, of the Marvel superheroes, and you can actually see that, especially with the music, right? Because he's a huge. Yeah. You can see in his in his bedroom, he's a huge Chance the Rapper fan, mm-hmm. and there was uh, one of the Chance the Rapper um, posters like right behind him, and on one of Chance the Rapper's albums, he had a number three on his hat, and in that poster. He has a number four on his hat. Ah, So I was like, that's so cool how they they integrate that with kind of pop culture and show that, you know, there are different universes that they're like there are parallel universes that that uh, that happen here. And um, 
I'm trying to see if this is a no. It wouldn't really be so. Like there, Miles Morales is kind of um, being trained, almost being trained to become Spider-Man by the parallel universe. Old uh, Spider-Man. Old Spider-Man, Peter Parker. He's right. the like main universe Spider-Man, right? Because that's like kind that of, had yeah. Coca-Cola. Yep. He had Coca-Cola in his Times Square. Yeah. That, that's what I'm basing it on. Yeah, and then this one also had like PDNY in, in this universe, right? Right, like right. instead NYPD. of the NYPD. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Clever. I don't know. Do you know the backstory of Miles Morales? Would I be kind of spoiling it? Uh, I, I, read, I read briefly on it, so go for it. I, so I think a good bird's eye view for the, listeners would be Like good. without... Outside of this movie, in the comic universe, Miles Morales gets bit by a, um, I don't know if it's a radioactive spider or like a genetically altered spider or something. Um, he gets bit and then he also witnesses the uh, death of Peter Parker. and the, Who is operating as Spider-Man already in that universe. Who is already operating as yeah. Spider-Man in that universe. Now, this is not, this is the comic books. Right? Okay. Yeah. So, um, so because of witnessing the death, he feels like... Now I've got to, you know, I've got to take up the mantle, take up this mantle. And so that's why he becomes Miles Morales. He gives himself a Spider-Man-esque suit, but he makes it his own and everything, um, which is what I loved about the Miles Morales story. Uh, and so what they did is they integrated that story in with this whole multiverse mm. uh, storyline. And I thought they did it really well because it allowed then for Peter Parker to actually have you know, to actually have a um, a place in this story. And then not only Peter Parker, but then there were other versions of Spider-Man. And, and a lot of them were kind of the whole, like I, Marvel did this run of comics called the What If series. So it would be like, what if Gwen Stacy was the one that was bitten by the spider? So we get that, you know, we get that story in the Spider-Verse. Well, it had so many just little Easter eggs yeah. and nods to old Spider-Man, to new, you know, old Spider-Man movies. It's just... I loved it. I loved if you love Spider-Man, this has everything yep. in there for and you. And I think because of the success that it's not a I, I I wouldn't say it's a huge box office success right now, but I believe it's going to be because of the word of mouth that it's yeah. gonna get. Yeah. And because of that, it it opens the door for Sony to do what we originally think is bullshit things like create a venom verse or whatever. Because now it, it because of how well this is done. It opens viewers' minds to the possibility of different universes. Yeah. Now, and the, a great thing, like kind of a related story to this, is that Amy Pascal, who's like one of the heads of Sony, has already flat out said that the Tom Holland version of Spider-Man is going to be committed to the MCU now after Far From Home. Oh, oh which is good. pretty amazing, amazing. right? Because wow. there were rumors saying that like Sony was going to take him back, which is now it's like maybe. Because of the success of this, they can focus on either uh, an animated version of Spider-Man, Miles sure, Morales, sure. Yes. Spider-Verse like sequels. Yes, I bet you that, that could be a money thing, too, because they'd probably have to negotiate a new contract with Tom Holland, which would be exorbitant now yeah. after the popularity of yeah. Homecoming and everything. Yeah. This goes back to what you were saying. Let Marvel do the live action cool stuff. Yeah. Let everybody else do the animated stuff. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Wow. But they can even like they could even do and I don't know if I would encourage Sony to do this, but they could even do now that they've come out with this and this is going to help them make the whole multiverse or multiple uh, parallel universes thing a little bit more acceptable mm -hmm. to a mainstream audience because they've done that, then they could technically carry on with their 
you know, in the Venom sequels, they could interview, introduce a different Spider-Man. Right. Oh, know? man, the possibilities here, right? Yeah. Oh, that's brilliant. So it opens, up, it opens up different worlds. I wouldn't suggest that they would do that with their live action stuff. Mm-hmm. I would suggest that they just keep going with it into the Spider-Verse, which I do believe there is a sequel in. Before uh, before Paul gets into it, what he's going to say, I just want to say this is my favorite Spider-Man since Spider-Man Two. I Whoa! Think. Wow, yeah. man. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm kind of there as well. It's like just in terms of standalone Spider-Man stories, yeah. Yeah. this was definitely up there. That was the one with uh, Alfred Molina as Doc Ock. That's yes. right. Phenomenal yeah. film. Uh, wow, so it takes quite a bit to nudge him off the top. That's yeah. great. Yeah. Nice. Um, well, I was just going to say is that. Um, you know, as much as I usually am critical of Sony and the way they handle um, their Spider-Man property and ballsing it up, they really did have a problem with, like, they were taking a lot of flack for, you know, it's like rebooting Spider-Man with mm-hmm. another Peter Parker. When you have a whole group and a, you know, a group of people who are like, why not Miles Morales? Why, why do you have to get another nerdy white kid? Yep. You know, it's like Miles Morales did a really neat thing in that it, it uh, modernized the Spider-Man story. As you pointed out, Bud, Stanley. Made it so it could be anybody. Yeah. Um, made Peter Parker a nerd. You know, now in the, the 21st century, it's just like a half black, half sp- Hispanic working class kid is the socioeconomic um, parallel to white nerd in the 60s. <laughs> so, you know, it's like really interesting new character that made sense for modern times, but they were too afraid to yeah. cast a Miles Morales to tell that story. Oh, that but was so this, much. That was so Donald Glover's chance too, hey? Yeah. it was back then. It was back re- at, at, right after Spider-Man 3 kind of flopped and was yep. like, well, what are we going to do now? Yeah. Right. And so like as much as it was crazy that, you know, the MCU, they, they wanted to have their version of Peter Parker, the original Spider-Man to go along with Tony Stark, yeah. you know, in the MCU and good for them. And I'm glad they did because I love Tom Holland as Peter Parker. They have nailed it. Um, but it was, it did feel like a third white original Peter Parker Spider-Man. Yeah. Mm. Come on, we're dying for Miles Morales' story. So this movie d- solves that problem beautifully yeah. where you introduce Miles Morales, you make him into your hero, but you also have all these Peter Parkers around. Even the original, let's say, Peter Parker there from the other universe to teach him how to be Spider-Man. So it like is cool with the purists, right? Yeah. It, it introduces Miles and everyone who's excited to see him finally gets to. And now hopefully this will spawn sequels where Miles is the maybe only Spider-Man. Maybe Spider-Gwen comes back, but otherwise it's yeah. Miles Morales's. He can carry the show now for Sony well, so and let Tom Holland be Peter Parker in the MCU. I'm ready for a sequel already. Nice. I, yeah. I'm ready for it. And wow. I didn't think that when I'm you know going into another Spider-Man movie, you know. So um, the thing that I read about the sequel for Into the Spider-Verse is that a lot of it is going to focus actually on the female iterations of Spider-Man. Oh, whoa. So Gwen Stacy is probably going to be taking a little bit of a lead on on this one. And I love, you know, again, going going full on geeky, I did read the what if like timeline of Gwen Stacy as Spider-Man in the comics and I loved it. Yeah. Be mainly also because I love what they did with Peter Parker, right? Because in Gwen Stacy's version of Spider-Man, that's like in the in the comic story, she's the one that's bitten by the spider. Peter Parker's there and he's a really good friend of Gwen Stacy, but their roles are sort of reversed in that he never becomes Spider-Man. Cool. Right? Gwen Stacy is she becomes Spider-Woman. Wow. And um Peter Parker 
as sort of this helpless nerd that kind of gets bullied, right. becomes infatuated with Spider-Woman, but he doesn't know that it's his best friend. But at the same time, he's still going through all this stuff where he's getting bullied and stuff in school. So the great twist, I don't know if you guys want, do you want to know oh, this? Or twist it. It. Go for it. So the great the great twist about the Spider-Gwen comics is that Peter Parker, because he's going, like he's getting constantly bullied, he's going down this different path. And um, in Into the Spider-Verse, Gwen Stacy kind of, you know, she she gets a little bit into her backstory, but doesn't really go that, that far. She basically is like, I was bitten by a spider and my uh, best friend died, right? My oh, best friend Peter Parker died. Wow. The way Peter Parker dies is because he ends up uh, using, you know, his intelligence, develops a serum to try to get, make himself superpowered. Oh. And ends up becoming the lizard. Oh, oh, what? interesting. Yeah. Wow. Because, and he, he goes mad because of all the bullying he's facing, everything that he was going through in the original Spider-Man comics, but did not have the superpowers. Right. Great right? twist. Wow. So, it was, yeah, it's such a great character story, that Spider-Gwen. So I'm like, that it would make sense to actually have her be one of the leads in... Uh, in the sequel. I'd be into that because she was great in this movie. Her character is great. And that's a really interesting backstory too because in that way, Peter Parker becomes to Gwen Stacy in this universe as sort of Gwen Stacy was to Peter Parker originally but also is a little bit of the Uncle Ben. Yeah. Right? The kind of like the person that uh, motivates them to really use their powers for good. Yeah. Right? Is yeah. that right? Yeah. 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 That's cool because in the original universe, um, Gwen Stacy does die and it's a really pivotal moment for original Peter Parker mm-hmm. and is very interesting too. That's great. I'm really excited. I'm probably going to go catch a matinee on, on Friday. Nice. I'm very excited to see this movie. Um, you know, like, Far outweighs going to see Deadpool, like Once Upon a Deadpool. This yeah. was this was really the movie. I'm sad I didn't get to see it over the weekend, but a uh, great review. Everyone. One of the Thank things you. that really stands out, and I do believe Sony is actually even going to try to patent this, is just the way they animated this. And oh. the way they animated this, they make it very much like you have multiple panels sometimes, like you're looking at a comic book. Uh, they have words yeah. coming out of the screen. Freaking like, wicked. You know, they'll fall off a building, and there's like this giant, ah, trail of words and stuff. Um they did it really well, and I don't think anybody's done it that way before. Where it's there's a lot of like kind of comic, comic-y kind of words coming up on screen, but you sort of barely notice it. Like, did you notice like the, the thwips every time? Like, you know, yeah, somebody, once in a while on the web. Yeah, this I thought great. it was really I neat. Yeah, I can't wait to really see neat. this. That's awesome. And they have like like dots and shading stuff, kind of like you're reading. You know, the halftone dots and everything. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Oh, you got all that. So yeah. cool. But also the other characters who are supposed to come from different universes also sort of had their own animation, yeah, right? Like, like the, the anime character. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's right. The anime style. And then uh, Spider-Ham was more of like a, had the Looney Tunes stuff. Yeah. 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 It was awesome. Uh, also, nice little surprise. Nick Cage is really good in this. Yes. Yeah. Nicholas Cage? Yeah. Okay. Yes. Oh, yeah. And you'll hear voices. Too. Yeah. I, like, I know, I know, like, uh, Spider-Gwen is played by um, Haley Steinfeld, who's in the Bumblebee movie. Bumblebee, yeah. Which yeah. I'm also very excited to see. Nicholas Cage is in this. That's right. I hear, kind of extra can't wait. You'll hear Nicholas Cage. You'll hear Chris Pine. Oh wow! Well, yeah. Oh, Lee this is great. Liam Shriver, Oscar okay. Isaac. Yeah. Yeah. Dang! I know. What cast. a cast. Fun. Okay, can't wait. Let's talk about <laughs> Aladdin. Uh, we got our first look at Will Smith as the genie from the live-action remake of Aladdin. 
Uh, Guy Ritchie, the director, says that this is not his final look. Apparently he's, he's still going to be blue. He's going to be blue, but I don't know if that means that they've just done him up for the Vanity Fair photo shoot and he'll he'll still be CG, or if they will be just changing the color of his skin and keeping his facial structure. I don't know. Um, I think this has been a very interesting tease, and I and I uh, I honestly think it could it could go either way. Yeah. And this might be a bit of a red herring subterfuge. I think so too, because it seems like it's a huge reveal. Yeah. Is it not? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, massive, massive. I mean, what they what they did with Thanos is pretty cool, right? They kind of used Josh Brolin's facial, you know, and then made him really big. Yeah. Right. So I'm wondering if that's kind of what they're doing with this new genie here. They have to do something amazing with this genie character, with Will Smith as the new genie, because he has such huge shoes to fill, right? Yeah. So this is interesting. I Yeah, like you said, though, it could be subterfuge, whatever. Like, we don't know exactly where they're going with it. But it wasn't just the, like, cover photo of him in that costume. No, there, there were pictures from the set. Yeah. Yep. And he's wearing that costume and he's wearing this jacket. But again, this is the kind of thing, especially for something on the level of Vanity Fair, that you could do just to throw people off. Like, Ugh. do you see the set photos of Josh Brolin in Infinity War? Yeah. He looks ridiculous. Yeah, he's wearing like a mocap suit. Yeah, so that's maybe what this is. Man. But that's more true to life of how they shot it. Yeah. The, what I'm saying is it probably would be, you know, Will Smith and MoCap to to do this if they're, you know, obviously it would have to be if they're going the uh, the CG route. But, you know, I don't know. I just, do you think it's realistic for him to be Will Smith, the human being, as the genie for this movie? I almost liked it more. Yeah. Yeah, when I saw it and I just assumed that that's the way he was going to look because he was wearing a costume and yeah. had the top knot and everything. I was like, oh, good. He'll just be himself. That's kind of good. Yeah. Um. But can I say, and speaking of shoes to fill, yeah. I hate the costumes in this so much. Hate them. Oh. I hate that Aladdin is wearing shoes. I hate that Aladdin is wearing a shirt. A street rat can't afford a shirt. Nope. Okay? I hate that the genie's wearing a jacket and all his spangly bangles and everything like that. The genie wore pajama pants and slave cuffs, and that was it. He was shirtless. Like That made more sense. That made him a magical character to me. That's kind of how I wanted to see Will Smith in this. Is that weird? It, no, it, it also made him a parallel to, um, oh boy, Ali. Um, the kid, the boy, Ali. Aladdin? Aladdin. Aladdin. Thank you. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> but it, that, made, that gave him the perfect parallel to him as well, because he's, again, shirtless and, and very much looking like the down, you know, the downtrodden type of, he just happens to be a magical genie. So this is what I said on the radio yesterday. Aladdin has to wish for a shirt. <laughs> He's so poor that he needs to use one of his wishes to get a shirt. Even have you been to Agrabah? No, it doesn't exist, does it? I don't know. I, I, <laughs> I, I'm just wondering because now when you make movies, you have to be very politically correct. With everything. That's kind of the genius of Agrabah is that it doesn't exist, so you can't have, like... Well, you're making fun of the costumes. I think it, like, it it represents something out there. A type of culture and yeah, that story and everything. But, I don't know, the pointy shoes, it just feels very high school musical. I hate it. It looks a little whimsical, yeah. for sure. That's that's the way I it's saw it. It's a Disney it. movie, isn't it supposed to be? But how is the cartoon Disney movie where yeah. Aladdin is wearing a vest and like barefoot because yeah. he can't afford shoes yeah. coming across as more realistic than this live action movie? It's true. It's Fair true. Enough. And yeah. I thought that's exactly what I thought when I saw it. This is like, 
Yeah, this is something else. Solid These point. movies are all about style, and like if you balls that up, you balls the whole thing up. And this is one of Disney's like greatest creations. Absolutely. So there's a lot of pressure here, man. So to show those set photos and to show those costumes and to have guys like Paul and I think, eh. <laughs> Also, I saw a lot of women were upset that Jafar is hot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, heard, I heard that too. Right? Is Jafar yeah. a good-looking guy? Yeah, in he's good-looking. He's this. a very good-looking guy in this. Yeah, yeah, and he shouldn't be at all. He should be, you know, like tall, twisty nose and beard and everything. So were women upset? Women, I saw up? women being upset, being like, he shouldn't be hot. I shouldn't be attracted to Jafar. He's bad. Hmm. <laughs> Isn't that a physical <laughs> stereotype, though? Like <laughs> bad people are ugly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Aren't we just typing people? We now. can't have our cake and eat it too. No, we we absolutely <laughs> cannot. Yeah. Oh man. Um, I'm still worried about the movie. I'm concerned. <laughs> hey, we got we got time. We got time. Art found this amazing. Um, no, no, wait. Paul, Paul found this amazing. Um, betting thing. Like I don't Actually, know. It was Art. It was, art. It was, it was art. Art found this amazing betting thing. I know nothing about betting, uh, but it looks fascinating. Well, tell, I'm tell obsessed me about with sports gambling. It's what I do in my <laughs> off time, right? Okay. And I just came across these sports books out there. They put lines on like who's going to win games because you can bet on the winner and loser of any sporting event out there. So I think it's Bovida Sports out there in Vegas put out some lines on who will win the Game of Thrones. Oh, in the end, this since sounds this amazing. is the last season coming up, mm. Place your bets. Yeah, so go out there and place your bets. And it's interesting, these odds, because these sports books out there, they correctly guess a lot of things. Like, Hmm. when they, when Donald Trump, like, when they put out a line on Donald Trump versus Hillary Clinton, and they gave Trump as, like, the big favorite. Every, like it was a deciding factor there. Everybody's wow. like, "Wow, they know what they're doing there." It's so not th- based on nothing. They're no, like, yeah. they really read into real things. inside information. Right. So that's why I don't say it's a spoiler, but it's obvious who the favorites are. So Jon Snow is plus one seventy five. So if you were to bet a hundred bucks on it, you would only get seven seventy five bucks in return. That's how this. Oh, if how, you, that's if how if these lines if you work. Were, if you won, yeah. if you were correct. If it's plus 175, you would yeah. only win 75 if you bet 100. Exactly. Okay. All right. Yeah. So uh, I'm interested. The most interesting thing about this list they have, because they list uh, the, their list of favorites, I guess there's 10 here. Brand Stark is the second favorite. That's weird. Second favorite? Yeah. Yeah. I find that the most interesting part about this list. So at plus 250, Brand Stark to be. On the Iron Throne huh. at the end of Game of Thrones. Can what do you guys think? I'm going to extrapolate on that. Okay, George Martin has, you know, teased and confirmed that this is not going to go and end the way you think. As much as I still think that it's going to maybe end with the good guys winning. So it really could be a case of Daenerys and Jon Snow, like, sacrificing themselves and dying. That would be quite a twist. And if that's the case, it kind of does leave Bran as... Then, like, he's the next Lord of Winterfell, right? So, whether he wants to or not, because he is the Three Eyed Raven now, and that seems like a different role, a wizard role rather than a ruler role, he would then become the king in the north. And if there's no one left to rule in the south either, you know, and the north is the ones that 
leads the uh, war for the dawn, as it were, right, and defeat the White Walkers. Maybe the southern lords then demand a northern king as well. Maybe Bran does sit the Iron Throne if mm. John and Daenerys both bite it. I find it very interesting because he wow. barely survived the first episode. <laughs> like he was <laughs> throwing high yeah. wall in that's, the first that's episode. I think maybe he's a favorite because the Iron Throne is a chair, and really he needs a chair. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there we go! There we go! Get some wheels on that bad boy? Yeah. <laughs> that's thing like three-eyed raven notwithstanding tradition and and you know custom they don't care if you're the three-eyed raven you have the blood right you know and and yeah you would be next up if john didn't make it so john's the obvious favorite here can you go down the list here paul of who who they think so after bran who is a bit of a dark horse or dark bird daenerys is at uh plus 250 um Arya Stark is at a plus 900. Now, there's the big jump, right? Now, just for a dum-dum like me, are we heading up the list? Are we going from like 10 least likely to one most likely? or Most likely oh, most to least likely. likely. One yeah. most likely yeah. to 10 least likely. Yeah. Okay, cool. So Arya at plus 900. So th- that, I think, big jump in your betting odds there says that um, you know, people do believe that probably John and Daenerys are going to survive you know, the, uh, the big battle and then probably be, end up the ruler. But if they don't, Arya is the next one after them. I don't think she's going to, she's no. just out for, for, for revenge. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. her thing. But I hope for Arya that they do something a little bit more interesting than I'm going to kill a bunch of people. And then what does she do with her life? I Fair. guess she's a yeah. cool assassin, Batman version, but okay. <laughs> um, after Arya at the same odds is the Night King. So some oh, people think that's a dark crazy. Uh, how is you know? the Night King a dark horse here? I mean, well, the good guy's gonna win. So if the bad guy wins, it's gonna be him, right? That's right. Yeah, yeah. Um, Tyrion Lannister is at plus one thousand. So, a- so as these numbers get bigger, basically it means your payout would be bigger if you win because those odds are worse. Yes, less okay, likely. Right. So if you were to bet a hundred bucks on Tyrion Lannister, you'd get a thousand in return, right? But that so, means that your odds of getting uh, getting that as a win are pretty low. Yeah, right. right. Okay, exactly. all right. That's yeah. right. I'm learning. Um, at uh, plus 1,300 is Sansa Stark. So, that, again, that means everyone dies, but she, you know, somehow wrestles control. Mm-hmm. Um, Cersei Lannister is at 1,600. So that means that, you know, not great odds, but there are some people who think that she will. She's on the throne right now. She's on the throne yeah, now. She, that she, she will, certainly thinks she will. Right. That she'll somehow be able to defeat everyone else and hang on to it. That would be kind of an She's interesting She's dirty twist. enough to win. Unsatisfying, that. yeah. but that's on there. Um, down from there at 1,800 is Gendry. How what? really? Fuck. This guy's above some like notable characters here. Okay, well, the Gendry little is, sword kid. If he could well, be, technic- well, actually, yeah, yeah. Technically, he is okay. He is the son of Robert Baratheon, yeah. right? He could be naturalized. Right. Yeah, yeah. You know that Gendry from the start has been a big player. There's a reason why Cersei sent out her guards to kill all the Baratheon bastards. Saw it coming. Yeah, right. Like the, you know, it's just because he's a bastard, he can't be naturalized. If everyone else is dead, they could put. Gendry on the throne. That's why Ned Stark went looking for Gendry. He just doesn't seem like a big enough character. Um, No, but again, there's your possible twist. That's right. Um, Another big jump here. Samuel Tarly is at uh, plus 2,000. Oh, poor Sam. Portly Sam. There's no way he's going to be on the Iron Throne. They'd have to widen it. (laughs) Hey now. Hey now. Hey now. At uh, plus twenty five hundred. Dot Aronson. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Not that there's anything wrong. Come uh, on. Okay. Um, 
And this is the one that surprised me on this list, is that the least likely of these characters to sit the Iron Throne, win the Game of Thrones, is Jaime Lannister. Oh my god, at really? Plus 2500, yeah. Wow. You know what he's destined for? He's Captain America. He's destined for a great moment in battle, sacrificing himself yeah. Yeah. for the good of... Yeah, the he's, he's really? serving That's king and I country, think. like... I reckon him and Cersei are supposed to die together, and he might be the one who kills her, and then he gets killed. I always would have thought that, too, they, that, they, that they would have died together. That's going to yeah. be his heroic act. That's my guess, as well. He knows. He Cersei. feels yeah. like that's what's being set up, right? Yeah. That's yeah. kind of why he left. Yeah. Yep. Man. Man, what a season. That's Holy fun, smoke, that's, that's coming That's fun up. to think of that sort of thing. We should have a... Wouldn't you... Like, if I were we George R.R. Martin, wouldn't mm-hmm. I place an anonymous bet <laughs> <laughs> for millions and millions of dollars? That's, that's called so insider good. trading yeah. there, Brian. <laughs> oh, he's very right. frowned he's upon. Right. Yeah. very right. frowned yeah. upon. Or hopefully Martin doesn't see this and is like... Oh, I can really make some money if yeah. I put uh, Jamie on the throne here. Now. Yeah. yeah, exactly. You can well, really fuck shit up. You right? know what yeah. they do? You know what they do with those lines when they see like big amounts of money? They close it. That's what they do. As they in they don't it. let people bet on it. Yeah, they don't let people oh. bet on it. When they see like so much money coming in on one thing, it'll go down. That's how it works. Because they yeah. suspect insider trading. Exactly. Okay. Yeah, okay. Exactly. Clever. Yeah. Wow. I or guess there's like to, a big yeah. injury in a sports game or something. They'll close it. Because, uh, like, if Tom Brady's going to play in the game or not, they, if he doesn't play, like, it really <laughs> changes the line, so they'll close it. The guy from who is Bane from Batman? Yeah, I think that's Tom him. Hardy. Yeah, sure. Tom Brady, the greatest quarterback in NFL history. Oh, sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, Tom Brady? <laughs> I didn't know. <laughs> sorry to go off uh, sports. No, that's fine. That's Never fine. heard of him. <laughs> Anyways, I think we should have a pool in here. We can draw, like, who gets first choice and stuff. You know what? On who wins. We Here's should do that. Here's the thing. I can't do any of these sports Betty pools that we do because I know nothing and frankly care nothing about yeah. sports. Yeah. Um, this is a pool that I would definitely throw a 20 or 12 into. Exactly. I think that would be good fun. I to think try here and that at out. the station we should do a big thing and I might set it up. Nice. Let's do it. I yeah. would participate. Tell me about Dark Crystal. Yeah, uh, Netflix is uh, winning again. Uh, There is a a Dark Crystal prequel series coming to Netflix, and they have uh, revealed some photos and some of the cast. Um, The photos look like they are probably CG now? No, do you think so? Or puppets? I thought they were puppets. I mean, it would be great if they were puppets. I think that's the whole thing, is that they're going to make sure that they stick with puppets. That's yeah, this looks whole, like a puppet. It's a Jim Henson production and everything. Sweet! Good. I think. I'm glad Am I right wrong. about that, Brian? Yeah. yeah. Like Let me bird's eye view this. Dark Crystal was a movie in the, what, 80s? I believe so. Jim Henson yeah. movie in the 80s. Um, just a cool, dark, sinister movie. Your two sort of warring races were... Um, um, Gelflings? Gelfling. Well... Uh, the there was the Skeksis and the, oh. the big creatures. What were they? Uh, Garbage pile. Nope. Sorry, that no, was fraggles. No. <laughs> anyway, the, the Skeksis were these sort of evil bird-like creatures. The doozers! And then there were these <laughs> benevolent enough. sort of, you it's know. It's enough, Paul. It's enough. Walkie bears, sort of, sort of oh. friendly creatures. I can, and but then there were also the Gelflings, who were the, sort of your your underdogs. They were little elf type of type of people. You had these three races in this world, and between the Skeksis uh, trying to seize control of the world, the crystal shard, the crystal got shot. There was the crystal. There was... Anyways, great movie. Jim Henson movie. Um, All done with puppets and everything. Netflix is doing a prequel series set far far before 
um, how this, uh, how the uh, the original movie was. And yeah, it looks pretty darn good. I don't think we know when it's coming out. Anybody see Kingsman: The Secret Service? Yes. So, Taron Taron Egerton, um, mm-hmm. the kid from there, he's he's the the lead character in this uh, in this show. Uh, Anna Taylor Joy from Split will be in there. Don't know who that is. Uh, Natalie Emmanuel from Game of Thrones. Yeah. But there's also going to be Mark Hamill, <laughs> Simon Pegg, Natalie Dormer from from Game of Thrones Ooh, uh, in I the like cast. Her. Uh, <laughs> These are all voices, by the way. Yeah, yeah that's Jeremy right. Voices. I saw the images of this, and it looks like like Avatar style. That's what. It, that's the first thing I thought of. When uh. I saw some of the images. Yeah, the Dark Crystal was a great. It was a, it was a cult movie. It was a favorite. It's a favorite to a lot of people. Uh, last time I saw it, I think it was two thousand nine at the Cameron Banshell in Beaconale Park. They were doing oh. night uh, nighttime movies, and it was great to to relive it then. And I need to I need to see it again. Then it was just I don't know. It was just a a great character driven movie you get sucked right in and it's a and it's a good story with some great characters and I'm I'm excited for this prequel. I remember I tried to watch it on a sleepover with my friend Robert when we were young children and we had to turn it off it was too scary. Definitely. So I've, I've never actually seen it. Doesn't someone like oh, melt wow. or something or like one of the Skeksis like kill someone and he like melts and his guts and blood everywhere and ooze. So the Skeksis and damn it this other race I've got to uh, I've got to look this up. Brian, can you look this up? Sorry. Um, doozers, I'm pretty sure it's doozers. I don't think it's doozers. Um, they are tied together. There's only a certain amount of them. So one of the, the, the leader of each of the factions, um, the leader of the good guys, he dies and he fades away. But because of that, tied into the Skeksis, their leader also dies. But he dies by freaking crumbling apart. Yeah. And it is very terrifying. After that, it turns out. So on. there are the Gelflings. 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 Yep. Those There's are the little elf. Uh, yep. The Uru or the Mystics. The Mystics. Thank yeah. you. That's what I'm looking for. Yeah. And then Skeksis and Urskeks. <laughs> <sighs> The Mystics and the Skeksis. Yeah, they're, they're, they're sort of the two big, um, the, the factions. And yeah, they are tied to each other. So yeah, when one died, the other. So I know exactly the point in the movie where you're talking about. I'm sorry mm-hmm. that happened. Cause it's pretty early on too, right? Yeah, so it is pretty early on. That yeah. was it for me. Quite scary. Yeah. Um, one, th- one of my favorite uh, Family Guy jokes ever, Brian, you probably know this, is uh, the, the tragedy of wrong-sounding Muppets. Relax, Stewie. He said it looks benign. We'll just have to wait and see. Jim Henson had a wait-and-see attitude, and look what happened to him. Now we've got wrong-sounding Muppets. Hey, Swedish chef. Oh, hey, Kermit. What's going on? I'm hungry. Oh, that's no problem. I could cook you something. You want some spaghetti? That's like my specialty in junk. Yay. Waka waka. Who wants to hear a funny-ass joke? Brutal, brutal joke, but so good. But that's a tragedy, wrong-sounding Muppets, but also... Um, as, as we opine near weekly on this podcast, the lack of creativity in Hollywood and in the creative arts these days, no more creative minds likely than Jim Henson. They should have saved his brain and pulled ideas out of it like that Harry Potter thing because like Gelflings and the mystics and the dark crystal and these like vulture creatures like the Skeksis are and I keep making the jokes about doozers but really fraggles right hey go think of a thing go sit in a room for a hundred years and you'll never think about fraggles <laughs> and they like to go swimming and they live underground and they live inside of a guy's mouse hole and they're tiny and the uncle travels and the doozers make things there's a talking trash there's pile there's a talking trash pile and the other things and they want to eat the frag like yeah. so fucking creative yeah. and like if you look at the Muppets that's his hackiest thing and it's a turtle, it's a, no, a turtle, a frog and a pig in love with each other, and a barrow tells jokes. 
that also wildly creative but that's his least creative thing and so wildly successful like my god jim henson so great again proves to the point of the lack of creativity that they're mining this cult 80s movie for a tv show sure sure but if we're gonna mine anyone's body of work you know let it be jim henson and let's not make another muppet movie with uh, tina fey doing a dumb accent (laughs) (laughs) valid point valid point so yeah love for jim henson Um, I'm going to talk about something very me, because uh, I don't think anybody else is f- familiar with his dark materials. Uh, okay, I'm going to put up my hand. <sighs> anybody else? No, sound of silence. So, <laughs> his dark materials is, was initially a, a series of three young adult books by an English author named Philip Pullman. And the, it comprises uh, The Golden Compass, although it was originally called Northern Lights. Uh, the Golden Compass, The Subtle Knife, and The Amber Spyglass. Uh, when he originally wrote it, uh, the Northern Lights had a lot to do with it, but I, I think when he trilogied the series, he realized that titling the books about the tools in each of the books would be better for a series. Hmm. So in the first book, the Golden Compass um, is sort of the layman's term for this device called an alethiometer, and it's a truth teller, and it can interact, you hold it and you sort of blank your mind and it has just hundreds of symbols on it and a bunch of hands and the, the the hands will spin really fast and then stop at this symbol and stop at that symbol and stop at that symbol and somebody whose mind is clear enough to read it um, can divine the truth from it. Um, but generally that is the mind of a child. Mm. Once, once the book has a lot to do with basically puberty and sin and, um, and how the mind is clouded with other things once you pass that threshold. Whoa. So the very few grown-ups that are able to read the alethiometer have studied for decades to do this and are all old uh, grizzled men because it's just so much easier to do with a clear mind. So it's set in uh, an alternate version of Oxford in, in England. It's about a girl and, and her demon. Uh, it's, everyone in this, in this alternate universe has a, a demon or an, an, an animal. It's, it's, like a, it's like a familiar. It's like your soul. And as a child, the demon can change shapes but when you hit puberty, it solidifies into one shape, and that sort of represents you um, for the rest of your life. Um, mm-hmm. It's about her and her rebel uncle and this charming woman who, who takes the girl Lyra uh, under her wing. There are armored bears in it. There are witches. There's quantum entanglement. Um, it it, it t- covers God and sin and prophecy and angels and specters, a whole bunch about uh, religion, shadows, dust, spies um parallel worlds um the land of the dead marzipan um and and these fascinating tools that are the subject of each of the books it's i i absolutely love it i think it was my 20 i was in my 20s when i got into the series and completely i'm all i'm all in and they also did an audiobook series with uh, philip pullman narrating and a different actor for each of the roles and those things are like they're solidified in my head just above Harry Potter is like the most fantastic books that I always go back to. Anyways. Wow. Question. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Through all of this, you've not to mention the movie yet. Is that to infer that the movie, which I did see, and but it's bad, right? Unfortunately, yeah, it is bad. They tried to make a movie, uh, I don't know, five, ten years ago, and uh, James Bond, uh, Daniel Craig, right. was in it as, as Uncle Asriel, the, the rebellious uncle, and Nicole Kidman, Nicole who Kidman, I thought was yeah. perfectly cast as Mrs. Coulter. Um, yeah, the world looked incredible. A little cgi um, and I thought, 
the 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 idea behind it was great, but just I don't know, just something the way that they went about it, and um, just the way they laid out the plot and tried. I think the idea, the the problem was you're trying to compress a book into a movie, which can be done well, but everybody's always going to say the book was better because you've got however many hours and all your imagination to stuff into a book. And then you try and compress it into 95 minutes, and it just it just didn't work. Hmm. So there's this gent named Otto Bathurst who is, um, uh, he's making a series. Uh, HBO, Netflix, maybe both. Um, he's making a series. It is in shooting and editing right now. And because it's a series, for instance, they're taking eight hours, eight, uh, if they're hour long, they're taking eight episodes anyways, on book one, Whoa. which is fantastic. So to me, you're able to flesh out the characters and the stories and really draw people in. But it's in very early stages. We don't know when it's coming. I am still stupidly excited. That's all I know. Sweet. I'm into it because <laughs> I bought into the movie. I went and saw it in the theater. I was, I was like, well, we did a movie screening for it. I is that why? Yeah. Oh, cool. But yeah. I remember you being excited because the sure. armored bears. Yes. Yeah. yeah, I mean, like, as you say, but there's a lot going on there, and I like things that are kind of a little headier like that that are tackling those is big uh, philosophical ideas. Yeah, and you can you can gloss over it if you want to, uh, or you can try to, anyways. But they are in there, like they, they are the tenets of the of the book and the reason so much of this is happening. So it's somewhat unavoidable, and I think that's great because it just it opens your mind to it and it makes you think. Um, and yeah, it's a fantastic series. Uh, definitely my favorite. And I'm, yeah, I'm stupidly excited for this series whenever it's going to come out. I'm sure it was written Perfect. as kind of an allegory in that way too, like on purpose. Oh, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Philip Pullman is a very not church friendly kind of guy. Oh, really? So, yeah. Is that yeah. what it is? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. The magisterium and the authority are all parallels for the church and right. God. And they are not cast very uh well and there have been you know there have been book bannings and there have been protests and oh seriously um, oh yeah it's 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 some of it is pretty plain in its uh um in its parallels and uh yeah not popular in some circles right but i'm okay with it that alone to me is very interesting this is such a break from the c.s lewis like i love church so much boy in his whole fantasy world that right writes. yeah so yeah. that's no, really yeah, neat the parallels to to god uh, as as what's a that lion's name yeah. what's that lion's name as Help me with the lion's name and the lion was as Aslan. 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 Thank yeah. you. As God. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Cool. Exciting. So I had my office mate Lauren put together a list of all the big movies that came out this year and all the big shows from a ton of uh, of television networks, more than I could remember existed. And for our final geek out of 2018, we're going to go over... What again? Should we go over what, what your favorite movie this? and your favorite TV show? What if we did that? our favorite movie and favorite TV show, and then our least favorite movie and least favorite TV show? Yes, mm-hmm. ah, good Love twist, this. good Love twist. Let's like to start, bud. Sure, okay. I've got this. Or great do you want to look list. at the list first? No, no. I've I've looked at the list. I've okay. got this great list of movies, of which I have seen two, and. Um, <laughs> And there's one more on the list which I haven't seen, and so I don't really have a least favorite. Well, there you go. That's all you need. You need one you liked best and one you like least. I guess. Uh, <laughs> okay, well, what were the two that are on this list? The Avengers two that are on this War. list are Avengers Inf- Infinity War and Black Panther. Though, oh, no, wait. I saw Deadpool 2. Was that this year? Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. Okay. So Pick I've seen favorite. three movies. My favorite would definitely be <laughs> Avengers Infinity War. Um, and I don't know that I would have a least favorite mm. um i did see this movie called sorry to bother you anybody familiar with that one no um so it's about this guy 
um, this black guy who's hired to a telemarketing um, company because he can do a really good white guy impression. Oh, and no. the white guy impression is actually I've seen voiced. The by, for that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hilarious movie. The weirdest twist in the middle. Hmm. I will have to tell you guys about that offline if you want, if you care, because it is the weirdest twist. But a really interesting and engaging uh, movie. And dang it, what's her name? She, uh, uh, Westworld and um, oh Tessa Tessa Thompson. Thompson? Yeah, yeah, she's she's the uh, second lead in there. So. I loved all three of these movies that I saw this year. If I had to pick a least favorite, maybe it would be Sorry to Bother You because it, I like them all, <laughs> but maybe I just like that one the third best. That's lame. Brian, you go. <laughs> um, okay, it, when it comes to movies, I, I don't know. I think the obvious for me was maybe Infinity War, but if it like if Infinity War is like one of those just given and let's yeah. pick another one. Yeah. Oh, damn then, it. Um... You know, Black Panther was was definitely up there, and then again, this Into the Spider Verse was was definitely up there as as one of the favorites of the year. Um, I'm probably because of the the story and the performance of uh, Michael B. Jordan alone. I'd have to say Black Panther. Nice. Um, if because if we're just sort of assuming that Avengers: Infinity War is just up there, then yeah, great. Uh, most disappointing uh, among them were probably you know Fantastic Beasts. Crimes of Grindelwald. Yeah. Um, not, not the Venom movie? Well, and then I was going to say, is like, <laughs> I just so happened to see the Venom movie, and I was, you know, sort of not disappointed by how disappointed I was in that movie. <laughs> um, as far as television shows, uh, I think, yeah, my favorite, I, did, I, I had said before that I did the 30-day uh, Amazon Prime trial just so I can watch Jack Ryan, and I'm glad I did it. You loved it, huh? I loved it because it reminded me about what I loved about the mo- the show, the television show Twenty Four, mm. um, because of like just the characters study and everything like that, and what they did with Jack Ryan. And I was kind of skeptical that you know this guy that for forever who's remained Jim from The Office for me can do anything uh, anything else, but he's been killing it this year with what like, a year, Quiet he's Place, and, yeah. um, and and even this. And I thought this was pretty fantastic. Uh, so that's probably one of my favorite shows of the year. Um, I would say my biggest disappointment for, for this year was, uh, as far as television shows, was probably season two of Westworld because I had mm. such high hopes for it. Yeah. But it was one of those shows where I ended up watching it <coughs> somewhat getting lost and, you know, because of just, like, how deep the dialogue, they, they try to make the dialogue and stuff, I'd nod off during the episode and I'd have to watch the episode again. And uh, You can't you could not take a, a break. You couldn't take like two weeks off from or you'd watching forget that. all of the details. Or you'll forget every yeah. single thing, and then you'd be lost in the next episode that you're going to watch. I loved certain things of it. I still love the soundtrack and hearing different things like uh, the White Stripes Seven Nation Army, oh, uh, yeah. you know, the, a, a Wu Tang song done to like the, these Japanese instruments and stuff. I, I love certain things about it. Yeah. Um, but still, I just thought. You know what? It just wasn't worth it, and it it's kind of made me think that I'm probably gonna fall off on season three. Oh wow! So we'll see. We'll see. See, I am so hyped for Westworld. I don't know why, because I did find the second season a bit of a slog, 
but in general, I still really, I still really enjoy it. There, mm-hmm. there were just there were points where it was just like, like put the timelines together. Yeah. Um, where where it did get frustrating and it did get a little techno, but in general, it did keep me on, and I am excited to rewatch season one and then rewatch season two and prep for season three. Yeah. Um, I, it's still, it's still up there. It's not, it's not like would be my top. I'm swinging it back to me because I didn't do TV. I thought we were going to do movies first. Yeah. Go back to TV. Um, so yeah, I, I really enjoyed um, Westworld season two. Um, I, I've realized in this list, I watched a lot of stuff that was on Netflix. Um, mm-hmm. I watched a bit of Altered Carbon. I watched the entire season of Queer Eye and cried my eyes out. Um, a surprising uh, thing that I watched was a show called Agretsuko. Um, there's this. It's all cartoons, and there's this cat named Retsuko, and it's uh, it's a it's a Sanrio character, so like Hello Kitty and whatnot. Yeah. And she's she's an office worker, and she's working with all these other anthropomorphized animals in this office. <laughs> yes. And she's got a, a, a boss for a, a pig for a boss who's an absolutely horrible person, and she just gets crapped upon the whole day by her coworkers and her boss and everything. And so at night, she goes to uh, thrash metal karaoke. And completely, her eyes get red. Fire comes out of her. Her and she's like, you know, that kind of thing. And it's <laughs> hilarious. It's just that every show is kind of the same thing. So I did really enjoy the concept. Um, I'm gonna have to say my favorite show of this year was getting back into The Walking Dead, season nine of The Walking Dead. After wow. realizing that the whole All Out War was over and that we uh, were were getting into new non Negan things made it really enjoyable for me to come back to after i don't know three three seasons off so yeah walking dead would yeah would definitely top my list. it definitely got me back to i wasn't really i was not ready to fully drop off but i wasn't as invested yeah before but yeah. now it, it kind of got me back Polly, um for movies i'll uh, say as well that you know this year as i'm looking back at all of these uh, titles was all about not living up to the hype. There was so much hype for so many movies this year, and I'll go into more about what I think that was about in a sec. I, I agree, Brian. The only movie that lived up to its hype, had the biggest hype of all, and also crushed it, was Avengers Infinity War. <laughs> yep. Like To its credit, that's pretty incredible. Everything else on here um, was hyped, 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 and then I got into the theater, and I'm like, Yes, fine, yes. You know, and I think what it was, two two of the biggest ones for me are Black Panther and Crazy Rich Asians. I think those were both hyped huge for me because because the hype machine was stoked on their inclusivity. That these were stories about and for um you know, like uh different groups than just your classic white people. And so as much as I think that's great, fine I'm more like Okay, finally. And is that the bar that you're setting? The bar is that low that just because you have a black star, because you have an all-Asian cast, that's why we're saying these movies were good? Because I've said it before, Black Panther is a perfectly fine. It's good. It looks great and everything, but it's no better or worse than any other Marvel movie. It's great, but it's, it didn't live up to the, all the hype that I still have for it. Same with Crazy Rich Asians. I was sitting there. I was just like, you know, it got so much good reviews so above and beyond. And then when I'm in there, I'm watching this thing. I'm just like, wait a minute. This is just a fucking romantic comedy. This is every romantic comedy I've ever seen. Just the people are Asian. This sucks. I was so mad because I thought it was going to be a good movie. 
But it was a romantic comedy. You could have said that. Perfectly serviceable romantic comedy. Stoked that it's an Asian cast. That's what all of the reviews should have been. And instead, I I went in there thinking I was going to see the greatest love story I'd ever seen in my life. And it was going to be hilarious and great. Wow. <laughs> I was so chapped. At I could have told you that, though. <laughs> I wish you, you did. At, when you look at the trailer, though, that's what you see is just run of the mill romantic comedy. They just they're just Asian people. I'll take I issue with know. that. I will take issue with that because yeah, I it. went no, I fucking hated that movie, oh! <laughs> Crazy Rich Asians. And for all the reasons you said okay. that, and for the fact that it was sold as being something different. Yes, yes, it was sold as being. You know this Asian movie, and yes. you were gonna get these the backgrounds because there's a lot of crazy rich Asians out there, and well, what goes yeah. on behind the scenes. I was wanting entourage. I got fucking whatever that. So every I, other romantic yeah, every comedy. other romantic yes. comedy. I there. haven't I haven't seen it yet because I wasn't sold on the trailer. I you know, maybe, I saw the trailer and I was like. I can wait. This is how I came to it, though. I didn't see a trailer. I just uh. heard amazing reviews. And so I was interested. I was like, yeah, okay, neat. I'm interested to see the culture, this type of culture. I didn't really learn anything about like Asian culture. Not really. I got like this weird watered-down version for North American audiences. There was like this uh, poker version, Chinese version of poker. That's like the most Asian thing. Mahjong? Was in there. Maybe that was what yes, it was that's right, Mahjong. Yeah, yeah there's a whole yeah. scene, Crocs Mahjong. Anyway, so we could do an entire <laughs> podcast by about how much I hate that movie. Holy smokes! Yeah. Okay, yeah. good I, to I know. I think you just need to find love art. Okay, all right. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Um, so otherwise, the slow motion mouthing "I love you" during the walk uh, down the aisle. I just about ran out of the theater when I saw that. Um, I didn't see Ocean's Eight. Because by then I had been burned too many times by these movies that were getting rave reviews for their inclusivity and were good, fair to Midland or less good movies um, that were just getting these really great political points. So I haven't seen Ocean's Eleven, but I imagine it's the same thing. Well, I heard, I heard, yeah, very disappointing things about Ocean's Eight. I'm wait, I'm kind of waiting until it hits Netflix or something. So that's what I'll say about movies this year. Um, otherwise, as far as TV shows, I really like The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. <laughs> Honestly, nice. I thought it was a fun show. I haven't finished it, but I liked it. And I think that um, a great show that we'll all kind of be talking about as being one of the standouts from 2018 was uh, Sasha Baron Cohen coming back and doing Who is America? Mm-hmm. That was one that I, like, every week did not miss as soon as it went up on the streaming service. Um, fantastic show. Hilarious. A little too much uh, leaning on the pee and poo humor that he always does. That's Sasha Baron Cohen. Right? He, like, he's, like makes a great political point and then is like, oh, but also gay! <laughs> right? right <laughs> like, yeah. Okay, that's the punchline. Poop and pee and gay. If, like, I, oh. if I didn't get your intellect with that last joke. Exactly, yeah. right? Like, so here's a gay joke. So I don't love that. But otherwise, that show was great. Um, and uh, and I watched the first scene of Krypton on Sci-Fi. Anyone else? <laughs> no. Anyone else? No. I thought the, about it. The old man who plays Barristan Selmy in Game of Thrones plays Superman's like great-great-grandfather. Oh. So I watched that, and then I was like, okay, this is bad. I turned it off. <laughs> <laughs> do we really care about Superman's origin? I No. No, no. no. no we do uh, not. Art, you're on the mic. Let's okay. hear yours. Yeah, here we go. I'll go quickly. Uh, movies that I loved, obviously, Avengers Infinity War is probably my favorite film of the year, but everybody knew that going in. 
Uh, I also loved Mission Impossible Fallout. It was fantastic. Start to finish, maybe the greatest action film of the year. And that's with Avengers Infinity War, which is a great action film. Mm. But the stunts they pulled off in that movie, incredible. Uh, Most hated movie, it's clearly Crazy Rich Asians. I can't even tell you how much I hate that movie. Wow. Like, for everything that it was selling, what it came up with is... It's embarrassing. Art's going to Art's going to sneak yeah. into this room like sometime over the holidays and just record his own pod, which will be an hour of him complaining it. about this movie. Do you remember we saw it in the same theater? I yeah. I remember like hearing everyone who was laughing at the jokes and being like, "Oh, this is not for yeah. me. Yeah. I yeah. shouldn't yeah. be here." Oh, you could probably no. you could probably told yourself that by just like kind of getting into the movie theater early and eavesdropping on conversations <laughs> like. I'm pretty sure this movie's not going to be for me. Yes. It's true. There's multiple times while watching that movie I thought, this movie's not for me. Damn. This movie's not for me. Oh, wow. I was next yeah. to a date going on, and I so many times wanted to look over to the dude and be like, you fucking believe this shit? <laughs> but I mean, like, hey, hey, listen, you got, I get it. You're getting late at the end of this. You're here with oh your girlfriend. I'm here by myself. Art's oh. two rows behind me. Yeah. Ah, what have I done? Did you guys <sighs> both watch it by yourselves in the same theater? We couldn't get tickets next to each other. Oh, my God. Hilarious. That's hilarious. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> so I was like by the wall yeah. and next to me was a date. That's pretty was awkward. Going pretty on. Awkward. Yeah. It would have been really so funny good. if like you turn around like, all right, doesn't this fucking suck? <laughs> Get up oh and clap. God. Yes, Paul. Get this here. fucking Let's sucks. Go for a beer. Uh, other great movie I saw, A Quiet Place. Guys, if you haven't seen A Quiet Place. I've heard great things. Yeah. Fantastic. Oh, yeah. That's right? a great flick. Right? Yes. And great for theater, too. Really great for theater. Really good. Uh, as for TV, I binged a lot of old things this year, as we've been talking about, because I'm mm-hmm. late to the party on all these, because I like to watch in a whole these shows. Uh, but things that I have watched this year that I uh, really liked, it's not actually on this list here, but uh, it's an AMC show, Better Call Saul. I thought mm-hmm. it brought itself to the level of Breaking Bad this year. Whoa. And that's, yeah, that's really saying something. Uh, shows that I show that I really didn't like that much was Ozark. Uh, I thought the first season was just okay. And then Ozark season two, I think, is not as good as the first season. I didn't even love the first season that much. People love Ozark. Like, they really mm. talk about it like it's Breaking Bad. It's not, Ooh. guys. It's mm. not. It's a cheap knockoff. Still good, though, Breaking right? Breaking Bad. Decent to it's watch? fine. Yeah. It's fine. Uh, also, I guess uh, just kind of movie, uh, TV show that I really like that shouldn't be on any list, really, because it has its own category. Cobra Kai. Oh, guys. Yeah. you know what? Like, good call. You could just put it in its own little category because it's so ridiculous. Ugh. And ridiculous good. I will again quote our only constant listener to this podcast, Darren, just on the other side of the wall. Cobra Kai has no right to be as good as it is, but <laughs> dang, it is good. It's a guilty pleasure. Yeah. That's why I don't put it in any category. Yeah, Paul, you got to get on that this holiday. Yeah, right, maybe I will. Can I put two couple more in here that I thought were great this year? Yeah, two couple more. Do it. That were in here. Um, Disenchantment is uh, the, it's pretty much like the uh, Futurama, but for... Um, fantasy. Now, how far through did you get into it? I finished it. Okay. Yeah, and it wasn't hilarious. It wasn't the greatest thing I ever watched, but fun enough to watch. Yeah, That's I got all I got about three episodes in and fell out. I love the voice cast. I yep. love the idea. It just there was a lot to watch and it didn't sustain for me. Um, I'll also say that uh, yeah, Quiet Place nailed it and lived up to the hype. Um, another great movie that didn't get a ton of hype this year, but is really good is uh, Black Klansman. One of my favorite watchings of the year. It's a true story about <gasps> a black FBI agent who poses as a white 
Klansman, as well as the other guy in the office who then because he was posing as them over the phone, right, and disguising his voice to sound white. But didn't he eventually hire a guy? Like yeah, a there white was another guy, guy to be him. Played in uh, in the movie by um, Kylo Ren. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, what's his name? Nobody knows. His yeah. name. Uh, <laughs> great Adam, Adam Driver, Adam Driver, phenomenal yeah. Driver. He he's great in this movie too. So he plays him in real life when he actually has to go to the clan meetings and show up and all that. And uh, and the guy actually gets on the phone and has like a, a a conversation relationship with David Duke, the Grandmaster of the KKK, hmm. back in the seventies. It was a phenomenal story, great movie, and uh, true story too. So I can't recommend that highly enough. It didn't crush any box office, but it's really, really neat and interesting, and great parallels to what's going on today in the world. Now, nice. this guy, this real guy, he has a clan uniform, doesn't he? It was given to him by uh, by a. Uh another Grand Dragon or something like that right. as sort of as a, a sign of respect. I heard this story or his story on a podcast and it blew my mind. Yeah. I didn't realize they'd made an adaptation of it. I will definitely go and watch that because it was an, it's an incredible story. It's great. Holy. Hey, guys, I think we've done a pod. For the year. 12 pods in a few months. Um, I'm glad, honestly, that we were able to finally start this and then continue. 12 episodes in. That's not a bad That's not a bad sign. It's one of my Absolutely. favorite hours of the week. I love it. Yay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Art Aronson, where can we find you on the internet? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Art Aronson. And you can also find me on Between the Stammers. I forgot to mention in the intro here, I plug another podcast that I'm on. It's a Canucks and Sports Podcast. Check and, it out. And hopefully soon on the Apple Podcast, right? That's right. Now that I have a really skookum picture brought to me by Bud, <laughs> I can do that. You guys are great for that. Paul Plastino, where are you? On um, the Afternoon Zone, on the Zone at 91.3. Weekdays, pardon me, and um, BJ Party Podcast, which we had one episode in two months. Hey, it was great. Thank you. And hopefully it'll be back into a regular schedule when Jenny and I are back on the air together in the new year. Brian Boitano. I'm at Boitano913, Twitter and Instagram, and DJ Boitano on Facebook. You can also uh, catch me at Brian at the zone.fm. I'm Webmeister Bud on all socials, and you can also hear me on Bud's Weekly Geek Out, uh, Wednesdays at 7.20, starting in the new year again, um, on the Morning Zone. Before you say how you end this, okay, I just yeah. want to say Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. I want to say Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Solstice, Yule, Kwanzaa, Festivus, Festivus a Tuesday, whatever you celebrate. Yes, thank you. Have a, have a great one. Yeah, I'm just going to say Happy Holidays. <laughs> what are you going to say, Paul? <laughs> yeah, Happy Holidays and Dickery Dock, and don't forget to hang up your sock. Beautiful. Great. I'm going to say bye. The Geek Out Podcast is a production of The Zone at 91.3. The views expressed here are not necessarily those of this radio station. And really, some of those views are pretty stupid. I mean, come on. For more on-demand audio from The Zone, visit thezone.fm slash podcast or the on-demand tab of our app. Thanks for listening, and thanks for being a zoner.